Welcome to the Low Rates High Returns podcast where we'll uncover the timeless investment principles so you can escape the rat race, earn passive income and create lasting wealth. I'm Pete Wargent, investor and financial coach and I'm joined by Stephen Moriarty, private investor and the co-author of our new book, Low Rates High Returns. In each episode of this podcast, we talk about the crucial concepts around managing your own money, how to invest, when to invest, and the key lessons we've learned along the way about generating passive income. The things we discuss in this episode shouldn't be taken as financial advice, and we recommend you reach out to a licensed professional advisor who can help you with your unique circumstances. Enjoy the show. Today, we're going to talk about goals, the different personality types and decision making. I'm here with Stephen, as always. Uh, Welcome, Steve. I think um, a good place to start would be to talk about the Enneagram assessment. So if you're not familiar, the Enneagram essentially holds that there are nine main personality types. Types, Um, I think when we do our coaching programs, we see the three of the same personality types over and over and over again, essentially because they're the three personality types that place some level of value on money. Um, A lot of people don't really see money as an important part of their life, and that's fine. But they're almost, it's a bit self-selecting. We don't see much of those people because it it doesn't have a big significance to them. So the three uh, personality types we see over and over again are type three, which is the the high achiever. So uh, that tends to be something of an alpha personality type, but it's, um, I suppose the acid test would be if, if that sort of a personality won Powerball on the weekend or Lotto or whatever, and they had a, a big lump of money, they would take those funds and they're probably going to start a business and do something more and more with it. Because to that personality type, uh, money and wealth represents a level of significance. So tend to drive you know more flashy cars and yep. so on, often end up being CEOs, business owners. And it's important to say there's nothing, there's no judgment in any of this. It's simply an observation of the different personality the persona- types. What, the way are. their personality works. And the reason that all this is important is it impacts your your goals, but also your decision making, and then in turn, your investing style. Probably the second most common personality type we see is the type seven personality, which is the adventurer. And that, that personality type is overwhelmingly uh, motivated by freedom, so not having a boss, being able to say, "All right, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, you, you have to no do this today." Sort of thing. Yeah, that's it. And you, you naturally find that that personality type is drawn towards um, stocks and cash because those are liquid funds, and uh, you know, it gives you a certain level of freedom. Always being able to call on a level of capital to yep. do what you like. Well, so, you've got options then. Yeah, you're not geared up to the hilt with a mortgage. Yep. Um, type sevens, they don't like full-time jobs because they have to be in a certain place at a certain time. And again, that feeds into goals and uh, decision-making and investment styles. And then sometimes we do see the type five personality, which is somewhere in between the two. So that's the sort of the thinker or analyzer and you generally find that the type five personality is more driven by security. So they often like to and hoard. Knowledge. Yeah, they, they like to understand everything. Yep. Sometimes right down to a decimal <laughs> point. And, uh, you know, Just I, get on with it, I've been, yeah. yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I'm guilty of it myself sometimes being a, a spreadsheet driven uh, view I of the world. Just need one more figure. Yeah, that's it. And, uh, and, then, then, and I'll, then I'll know. Yeah. Then and, I'll act. And I suppose uh, each of the personality types have their own strengths. 
So a type five yep. tends to be quite thoughtful and rigorous. But of course, the, the flip side is we all have our own weaknesses. And I guess in that personality type, just sometimes you need somebody to say, right, you've done all the analysis. It, you yeah. actually need to put no this more into thinking, practice. More acting. By the same token, sometimes you find the type three personality you know, it used to be said years ago, I don't know if this is still true, that doctors were a case of the personality type. You thought, right, I'm trained as a doctor, I should be able to apply this knowledge to stocks. And then they go all in on just a handful of speculative stocks and it yep. it blows up because it just goes with a personality type. And uh, I suppose for a type seven, the main thing you would need to watch out for being an optimistic personality type is thinking that everything's a great investment. Yeah. So uh, talk to us a bit about well, the, the, the nine types and why is it important for your goals? And yeah. also, how does that impact your decision making and investment style? Let me take one step back. And what you mentioned before, some people are just not interested in money. Now, I don't mean that, it, that, you know, they end up homeless or something like that, but it's not a motivator. Members of my family are of of uh, 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 one of the nine types that love to spend money, but no interest in money generally, right? Because I might say to you, as I've done with my family members, look, you know, what you need to do is you need to put a bit of money aside, you know, and do this and blah, blah, blah. And it's just completely lost on them. Why? Because that's not their frame of reference, right? They're like, well, you just go and work and you earn money. Why do you need to worry about saving and investing? And I don't want to learn about the stock market and all that sort of stuff. There are certain types that say, I really like money and I like money because if I get enough money, I won't have to work and I won't have to be answerable to someone and I don't have constraints, right? Others say, like the type threes, they will say, you know, if I get a lot of money, that's a reward for me being a good person and achieving what I wanted to achieve. And so therefore, it's only fair that I should buy myself a nice car or a nice house or, you know, a certain lifestyle. Now, what it does is when it translates to stock market investing is type seven like me, we tend to get that there's sort of sins of omission, not acting, and sins of commission, acting. Sevens are usually the sort of sins of commission, right? And I still do this. After 20 odd years of investing, I still go, this is really boring. There's got to be something out there I can buy and give me a bit of excitement, right? Whereas other type personalities won't do the same thing. At a market crash, I love market crashes. Why? Well, first of all, I know because of my knowledge that they're cheap and that's a great time to make money. Secondly, emotionally, it's really exciting. There's heaps of things in the paper and, you know, there's lots of action going on. Those that are more sort of introverted personalities look at that and say, that's just way too noisy for me and I want to step back from that. And that's what a five does. A five sort of says, look, just let me get away and I'll sift through it myself calmly, logically and build a knowledge base. Whereas the sevens are much more to be the life of the party or to be saying, you know, there's so much to buy, never a better time to be alive. I think it's, it's worth pointing out then that the, the reason this is important and interesting, it's not uh, because we're interested in being psychoanalysts or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. It's simply to understand your motivations are different. Yeah. So for, in your case, if the stock market is expensive, you probably need to spend 
the first half hour of the day looking at the markets and maybe you know if you do a bit of day trading or whatever but you probably need at some point to step away yes go and play the guitar yep. go yep. and play golf although if it stops raining avoid your bad <laughs> avoid the sort of trigger behavior that's it then the that makes you panic and and do dumb stuff yeah and the, really? and the same applies for each personality type so one of the things we've done in our program is there's an Enneagram assessment. You work out which personality type is your dominant personality type. You might still have a wing of a second personality type. And then just a generic investment map that says, look, these are the things that I'm going to be good at. Yep. These are my likely weaknesses. It's nothing about your you know, personal failings. There's, no, ju- there's no, no judgment in the investment map. What we do too is say, here's the eight principles. At some stage, if the market is crashed, a, a type three or a type two or a type eight or whatever will have a different view of market cycles. A type seven will have a different view of asset allocation. And so what we do in our coaching program is to say to people, this is you. This might not be 100% accurate, but what we're saying is generally you'll be feeling these things at these points in the market. At least if you said to me, Stephen, you're bored, go away and play the guitar and do stuff. It'd be like, okay, yes, that's the right thing to do. Okay. And go away. If you don't have a sort of objective view of yourself, that's when you make the mistakes. I mean, we all do it when we shop or most of us do. You buy something, you walk out and two days later you go, what did I buy that for? You know, because at the time you looked at it and we're bored and went, oh, you know, I'm really bored. Oh, there's a nice shirt. You know, and it gives you a bit of a boost. You do the same thing in stocks. You know, I bought a stock. Why? Because now I get something to look at. Mm. It's an important point. Now, let's come back to goals because, you know, there's an old saying, I think it was Stephen Covey that said you should start with the end in mind. Yep. And I, we mentioned, I think, in episode two about the, the FIRE community and very much motivated by taking control and freedom because I think a lot of people, young people, disillusioned with their careers and they think right well if I can sack this off and just go and do whatever I like yeah so for them that's generally a type seven personality trait and um, as we said there's nothing right or wrong about it and I can remember when I was uh, 22 working in professional practice at the the lower rungs when you got all the worst jobs and I remember thinking exactly the same thing imagine how good it would be if I didn't have to do this I'd I'd be at home in the garden play golf every day mow the lawn Interesting thing, though, as your stages in life change, your motivations change. So back then I could have survived on a relatively small amount. These days I've got a wife with expensive tastes and two kids and a golf membership to pay for. Hi, Heather. That was him, not me. So, yes, your motivations change, but also the stage in life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then there there are things that come along, car upgrades, school fees. So it just compounds. Yeah, that's it. And it's one of the things that uh, the fire community will find as they go through life is that your motivations when you're 20 might be different when you're 30 yep. or 40. Yep. And in fact, we took um, 15 months to go traveling about seven, eight, eight years ago. And I couldn't wait to get back to work. You know, I think Heather being, she's, she's not the same personality type as me. And she's, yep. she's a loyalist, but she's, she's not motivated by, by money or wealth or significance in the yep. same way that other people might be yeah that's right it's uh it's not good or bad it's just different yep. i think if it was up to her we'd still be camper vanning around port headland or whatever but you know whereas for me 
I wanted to get back and, you know, get into the excitement and the yeah, mix that's of it. stuff. Yeah. Get in there and do stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So let's um, sort of explore that a bit more uh, because I think it, it, to a certain extent, if you're trying to start with the end in mind, it gives you an idea. And we'll talk about this in episode six, the yep. three different buckets or wells of yeah. wealth. Yep. If you want financial independence, you need short term funds to cover your living costs. You need that two to five year money for lifestyle, yep. you know, car upgrades and school fees and holidays and whatever. And then you need your long term legacy bucket. Yep. Um, so in terms of the personality types, how does this all fit into goal setting? Well, because each of us have got a different personality, you alluded to it before at the start where someone said to me, what's your vision of a perfect life? Um it's getting close. Moving to Mulaney. <laughs> Moving to Mulaney. Playing a guitar. Uh, getting, my ki- getting rid of my kids. <laughs> but it is it is essentially like, yeah, see, some people would say, oh, that'd be awful, you know, and that's what I mean by saying other people would say, like you said about achievers, would say, yes, I'd like to be wealthy because I want to be able to buy a business or, you know, an achievement might be go around the world on a tour or something like that. So each thing is quite individual. And I don't know, you know, you see those memes on Twitter and Facebook and stuff where it's like, you know, start every day with meditation. Well, you know, I don't want meditation. It shits me. I don't, you know, everybody's different. And so the important part of investing is ridiculous if I said to you, oh, Pete, you're a really secure risk adverse. Well, you should be in trading covered calls and futures, you know. That's, that's, you know what I mean? It's a, that's our new coaching program. Yeah, new coaching program. <laughs> Coming soon. It's not about your risk aversion all the time. It's much more about what is your wealth goal. And the other part of that, which is really important, is when you get to sort of my age at 57, I've been sort of like I'm doing this, but I've been, you know, I sort of basically knocked off at about 50-odd. The shock came, which was, well, what do I actually do every day? You hear this story so often. I look at uh, my father. He was he worked in corrective services his whole life from the age of 21. He was in prison, was he? <laughs> well, yeah. well, yeah, well, actually, I grew up in a young offenders hostel, not as a not as one of the... Uh, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because my dad used to run uh, a halfway house, essentially. And uh, But when my dad retired at 64 from memory... And he did a bit, a few bits and pieces, but within a year he was back uh, doing prison, <laughs> yeah, prison visits to people on life sentences. Yep. And da, da, da. Yep. Not uh, not unpaid. It was volunteer work because yep. that his whole life was really built around his his family yep. and his his work. And but he's he, also financially secure. Was he? Yeah, well, yeah. So In the sense that he didn't have to think, oh, well, I've got to be paid for something to pay the bills. No, no, because uh, back in those days, you, you had know, the defined benefit, pension. pension scheme. So final salary, yeah. div- div- many, so you did 38 years. Ah, the good old days. You got 38 <laughs> 80ths of your final salary. Yep. So going back to work wouldn't have made any difference to him from a financial perspective, but yep. it's just it left a big hole in his life. And so let's talk a bit about the four Fs. Yep. And, um, you know, and I guess you would have friends as well who... Uh, they retire from high-powered positions yep. to play golf every day. And then after Lucky three or four months, it's like, well, hang on, I don't want to play golf yeah, every yeah. day. How much golf can I play? So one of the things we explore in our coaching programs, we call the 4Fs model, yep. uh, which is fun, 
fitness, finance and philosophy, which... Pete hates that because <laughs> it's got a PH. Yeah. And I keep writing it as an F. Yeah, I see. Well, you can take your pick. Maybe someone out there will get the joke. What we're trying to encourage people to think about is that, yes, finance is important, and yep. particularly for those three personality types that we mentioned. Yep. But there is actually more to life than just finance. Absolutely. And if you... Yeah, we try and think of it as something that wants to be in balance, you know. Yeah. It's not uh, not Buddhism or anything like that. But what we're saying is, you know, finance, you want that part of your life to be right for your goals. But you also need to, well, you need your health, the fitness part. Yep. And as we, as Steve already mentioned, you know, it's no good saying to people, well, you need to go and run triathlon every day. Yeah. Because if, if you don't like you just... that kind of exercise, you're not going to yeah. do it. So you need to find something that fits in with what, you enjoy doing so try a few yeah. different things there's two seminal life events where the things really change right and one is when you actually retire from work now the idea of the the fire stuff is you can retire early but what are you going to do you got 24 hours a day and often people will say you know what i love knitting and it's like oh okay try knitting 16 hours a day every day of the week hmm. right it doesn't work the second seminal event is for those of us with children is when they leave mm. and lots of old people will sort of say to you, now what do I do? The kids are off my hands and I've got all this time on my hands and I don't know what to do because you've built a life around work mm. and your kids, then you get financial independence or freedom and a lot of people in the personality type say, well, now what do I do? You mm. know, And it's like, well, now that's the hard yards, you actually got to figure out what you want to do. And that's why we talk about you've got the finance angle, you got that done. Then you want to talk about, well, what do I find, you know, fun or interesting? How is my health? You know, am I in the weight range? Am I doing it properly? You know, because it's no good saying I'm as rich as sin. I'm 70 kilos overweight and I'm probably going to be dropping dead well, in about two years' it is time. A, it's a common story, isn't it? You, you see uh, wealth beyond a certain point doesn't really do it for people. Yeah. You reach a certain level of happiness. And your lifestyle, as you said before, you know, like lots of people might say, oh, you know, we'd need 150000 a year. And I can tell you, try and spend it. Mm. It's three grand a week. It's a lot of money to spend on stuff. Well, it's, it's definitely true. I know in my dad's case, when he retired, suddenly you've got all this time and you can actually afford to pick and choose. Yeah. You, know? you can shop around for holidays. You can... But you've got to know what you want to do, Pete. Yeah, You know, sure. you sort of... When you're working, you don't you don't think, I wonder what I'd do if I was 55 and retired, still healthy, you know, blah, blah. And part of it for me was none of my friends were retired. Mm. So it was a bit like, well, they're all toddling off to work. You're not in the workforce. They don't ring you. Because, you know, you're not in their, their range of view. Yeah, and that, uh, that's one of the things we find so beneficial about our coaching program, the community, because you're... It's, you get uh, to ask others. Yeah, and also, I mean, I find when I became an entrepreneur, I naturally wanted to mix with other entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah because, good point. Because, you know, if, if somebody is in the workforce full-time and they're, they're talking, for one thing, talking in corporate jargon you no longer understand yep. in terms of circling back and touching base and so Moving on. Moving forward. Yeah, but also a lot of the, the office gossip and the, it's no longer got any relevance to you yeah. and you're outside the loop. So yep. having the, the Next Level Wealth community is great uh, because, for one thing, it's not a dirty word to talk about your finances. That's yeah, why, of course. That's a big part of why we're there. Absolutely. You know, building wealth. But it's also not everything. That's the whole point. Yep. It's fun, fitness, finance and philosophy. And you can learn from other people. And that's why I say from, from my position, I can sort of say to people, 
Look, at 57, and when I retired and, um, you know, got dragged back in, before that, what it did was I can say to other sevens or threes or other personality types, say, look, this is my experience. Now, a three might go, never had that problem because I had my life planned out and I, you know, I had goals that I was going to achieve. But for a seven like me, if someone said to me, Steve, here's your goals, it's like, I don't want any goals. I want to get up every day and go, I can do whatever I like, you know, of my own choosing. And I mean, I love stocks and I love talking about stocks. So that's what I love doing. It's not imposed from outside. Whereas some of my family members prefer to be sort of like, right, got to get out of bed, got to have breakfast, got to go to work, got to finish work. So they like a more ordered life, right? Even though they might still have enough finances, like you were saying with your dad, to say, well, okay, I've got enough money, but what about the fun, philosophy mm. and fitness part of it? Yeah, and it's, it's worth mentioning, you talk about the fire community before and this idea, well, one day they'll have enough income to cover you know, what is hopefully a frugal level of expenses. And yep. then there'll be a year where you sort of go, well, this is brilliant, go yep. to the beach every day. And then there'll be a now what moment. And this is yeah, not yeah. this is not a criticism. It's just an observation. It's because just what happens. It's, and we having been through this, you know, different points in life, we've been through these things. Yep. But one of the things you'll find is that it's not a criticism because when people, they very rarely stop working and then do nothing ever again. Yeah. You know, the point is they'll have the freedom of choice and that, that is really the goal for that personality type. Yeah. Um, you know, when I worked in professional services, I was a square peg in a round hole. You know, I knew I was intellectually, I was up to the level of the work, but I just, I just wasn't motivated yeah. to go, th- you know, work through the, the corporate pyramid to manager, director, partner. Yeah. My ideal day starts, walk down to Sunshine Beach, have a swim and a run, have a coffee, read the Fin Review. Potter about. Yeah, and yeah. then do work at my own pace. Yeah, now, yeah. It's, it's not that it's right or wrong, it's just different. You know, yeah. I hated wearing a suit to the office, for example, especially in Queensland. See, my motivation is to turn up wearing sand <laughs> shoes. But, you know, it's different. Yeah, that's the key point, really, is it's not that the type 3 personality is good or bad. Yeah. It's just a different motivation from the type 7, such as yourself. Yeah. And just to bring it back to investing... That's the part about your systematic investing, right, and your written plan. Not everyone's investment map or plan will be the same because I'm 57 and I can meet another 57-year-old, but we can have two completely divergent plans, but mine suits me Hmm. for what I want to do and, you know, Bob's plan suits him for what he wants to do. A number like a three will say, well, I'm the same age as you, but my risk tolerance is completely different because this is what I'm about, right? Rather than me going, no, 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 you just got to make as much money as you can and then do nothing. Because for them, people would go, well, that seems a bit daft. Yeah. And what, also, what's the point in making it? You know, type three personality, you know, quite often they want to build an empire or a business and achieve significance through Goals, that. Yep. The, the, uh, sometimes the, the thought of retirement is terrifying for yeah, that yeah. personality type. Absolutely. Whereas for type seven, the idea of doing whatever you like is yep. highly motivating. So well, look, look at Warren Buffett, you know, 86 is rich as sin, but he still gets out and goes to stock, you know, go and does stock. Why? Because it's not about the money anymore. It's about what his life goals are. He's tap dancing to work. He's tap in dancing his own words, to work. But not in Sanchez. So, uh, so what we'll do in episode six, we're now going to uh, actually apply this to what we call our three wells model. So it's essentially having three buckets for your wealth. You want your, your long-term 
and legacy investments and assets. So for a lot of people, that's superannuation, it's their investment properties, their home, and then you want your short-term buffer for your living costs. But what often we find that people are missing is that middle bucket, the two to five year well of wealth, which you can actively manage using the ETF strategy we talked about and you know managing your own money between stocks and cash. That's the missing link for a lot of people. So in episode six, we'll talk about that. Today, we've just been covering off the different personality types. And as we said, we, we see the same types over and over again. It's really achievers, thinker analyzers, and people who are adventurers and motivated by freedom. If you want to know some more, we've got a very simple Enneagram assessment you can take. And once you've taken the test, we've got a free investment map. And all it does is very simply talks you through the eight principles of investing and how your personality type is impacted uh, across each of those eight principles at various points in the cycle. So it's a it's a useful reference tool, particularly in times of market turmoil. Uh, so I look forward to seeing you on episode six and uh, cheers. Thanks for joining. See you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to know more, you can download a free chapter and extra bonuses from our new book, Low Rates, High Returns. Just visit www.lowrateshighreturns.com forward slash book to download your free copy. The things we've discussed in this episode shouldn't be taken as financial advice and we recommend you reach out to a licensed professional advisor who can help you with your unique circumstances. Stephen and I are both on LinkedIn and Twitter, so do reach out and connect with us. And finally, it'd be great if you could subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps others to find the show. Now take care and invest wisely. Cheers. Cheers.